Hello everybody and welcome to a sort of special Sound of Play this week. Your host, who I'll be handing over to momentarily, is uh, from Cane and Rinse, our Darren, Darren Gargett, rare superfan, former rare employee. He's rather excited about the forthcoming release of their new game, Sea of Thieves. Uh, if all goes to plan, this podcast, this Sound of Play, should be out on Wednesday the 14th of March. It'll be Sound of Play 137, and the game Sea of Thieves is out next Tuesday in six days' time. Uh, you may be listening closer to that date, in which case, uh, bon voyage, I suppose. Uh, just ahead of passing over to Darren, I just want to say apologies for his uh, his faux pas when it came to talking about the spectrum um we've we've had a bit of a bad run for this talking about the the ultimate play the game era with uh when it comes to rare uh i, I put it down to most of the cane and rinse team being a bit younger than me and don't remember quite uh all the details of the uh, pre uh, even the pre super nintendo n64 era i think it's all a bit vague to uh to some of our younger uh, contributors and listeners of course when darren mentions uh, ultimate games getting rave reviews in zap that really didn't happen because nearly all the uh, all the commodore 64 conversions were not very well received at all what he meant to say was crash magazine uh, the other uh, the other shropshire based games mag of the time one of them um that was the the specky mag where of yeah there were others but crash was the was uh, yeah one of the big hitters and yeah of course ultimate games of the era tended to get uh, crash smashes uh, and also on a similar tip the zx spectrum was a computer not a console you could program on it. You could, uh, you could do your home accounting on it. Of course, everyone just used it as a games machine, but <laughs> it was it was it was a computer. It had a keyboard, albeit a uh, rubbery one. But there you go. Uh, apologies for those errors. Darren has been uh, severely beaten uh, mentally, and uh, and he'll never do it again until the next time when his brain farts off in the wrong direction, as usual. But not to worry, this show is all about uh, Darren's ever-infectious enthusiasm for all things Rare. And we've got a huge selection of tracks. Uh, a lot of them are reworkings from Rare Replay. Some of them are the original tracks from the games as they were at the time. So enjoy. I'll just pop back at the end to say one more thing. Hello everybody and welcome to uh, Sound of Play special all about Rare mostly about rare replay and it's incredible rearrangements of music from your favorite maybe not so favorite ultimate play the game and rare games Let's go to the ball and shut the dancing to one side. It's a very, 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 very,
and real and squarely in our sights. A saber man becomes a werewolf every single night. Jeff off. Werewolves, Benny, tightened in the lights. Let's get behind your cami, your pinata, so the game to know we blew up, but it's on the soul, just so you can play them all. It's a rapid way around this place. So, in this Sound of Play special, all about rare and ultimate play of the game, I should say. Um, yeah, we're going to start with Spectrum. Um, I didn't have a lot of a lot of time with the Spectrum games, uh, purely because I was like sperm, or maybe an infant, I don't really know. Uh, but you know, they released quite a few games. Um, one that I saw as a very, very small child, and it stuck in my brain for ages, Sable Wolf. The colours, the top-down perspective. You know, all this was kind of new to me. I, I never really caught the name of the game and the, the, like a single image of the you know the multicolored jungle was imprinted in my head for years and only when it came to me being a massive rare fan during the golden night days less so the donkey kong country days but you know i was looking at the history of rare and i went oh my god that's the screenshot that was in my brain all these years it's amazing the way the, your brain works not that i know much about the brain at all because listen to me but when you're a kid and you're playing games and you just get a brief snapshot of it at your friend's house before he turns it off and puts the game on that plays two-player, that was just... I, I just went, oh, that looks... No, it's gone. And years later, after thinking about it for years and years and years, it was a rare game all along. And sometimes I think this world is made for me. Do you know what I mean? Like, too many things happen in this world where you just think, is this a simulation? Anyway, these are the uh, tracks on this uh, Sound of Play special... Uh, and the order that they're going in. I'm going to go Jetpack, mixed with the refueled version. Jetpack didn't have a theme tune, so I'm, I'm guessing they made one from somewhere. Um, the rare replay arrangement, superb. You know, and I'm guessing the, the composer, Robin Beanland, for these fantastic tunes, have come up with something from somewhere. But I couldn't find head nor tail of an original Jetpack theme. Maybe I'm wrong. If you um, if you do know, let me know. But, you know, Jetpack refueled came out on Xbox Live Arcade sometime during the the boom of the 360 and it's really good really hard and i can't get all the achievements um but you know jetpack is a classic it's simple it's effective and it works you know it's a game of its time and um you know it's single screens it's just dropping the ship onto ship parts onto ship parts and then filling it up with fuel and then leaving the, the planet and going back to the next one but you know for something that's for games of that era, it seemed highly act, uh, you know, action-based and active. But really, there was stuff on screen at any one time, and you know, you could shoot from one side of the screen to the other, and you know, form little tactics. So yeah, anyway, it goes. The running order goes something like this. Well, no, exactly like this: jetpack with jetpack refueled, lunar jetman, attic attack, saber wolf, underworld, underworld, night law, and gun fright. Now, a lot of these I've played on Rare Replay. I've done the snapshots, I've done the achievements, I've done the milestones, I've done this and I've done that. And it's my first experience with most of them, to be honest. <sighs> Did I enjoy them? No, not really. There's a reason why they put the the you know the rewind feature in these games, because some games, they just haven't aged that well. I think out of all of them, I enjoyed Attic Attack the most. Don't know, Gun, Gunfright had a nice aesthetic... Uh, Underworld is just terrible. Sorry, um, in my opinion. Obviously, people may like Underworld. Uh, Night Law, a classic kind of 2D isometric thing, reminded me of Dizzy. That was kind of my first experience with that genre. 
Um, but you know, turning into an into a wolf overnight was pretty cool. Again, like Rare have always had a history of um, kind of revolutionising, I guess, or evolutionising their games in some way. Like they always put a twist on it that you don't really expect. And uh, yeah, I guess that's why their game stood out above the crowd. And obviously, well, not obviously, but I'm guessing they they got rave reviews in Zap magazine, maybe. So yeah, I go for that again. Jetpack, Jetpack Refueled, Lunar Jetman, Attic Attack, Saber Wolf, Underworld, Night Law, Gunfright.
for a console that didn't have much. Hang on, is a ZX Spectrum a console or a computer? Ask Retro Asylum, and then don't let me know because I don't really care. You know, for a computer console that had um, very limited sounds in its box, I'm not a technical guy, but from what I remember of Spectrum games, they had some music, but some other games went bleep blah 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 bleep blah blah a lot, like Spectrum, like Jetpack. You know, and for a console computer that didn't have, you know, an incredibly vast array of theme tunes, I'm guessing they certainly did a good job in, um, well, you know, in making some new tracks and some very exciting tracks in Rare Replay. So we're moving on to the NES section, or NES, or NES, or Nintendo Entertainment System. They released a few games here. The, the most famous of all, obviously, is Battletoads. But you know, there's some games in here that kind of, I mean, it starts off with Slalom, which isn't that kind of feels like I I played a game like that on the Amstrad. It didn't really feel like when you compare it to the rest of the NES list on here, it doesn't really feel like it's a good game, but it doesn't really feel like a rare game if you know what I mean. And it, it's kind of from this point onwards in my opinion that the the games started to shine they, they were different from the rest, you know. Uh, the Spectrum games are good, don't get me wrong. They they show a flair and, you know, a bit of creativity. But these NES games, like Cobra Triangle and Snake Rattle and Roll, I mean, Diggity Rock to a lesser extent, sorry. Um, I didn't really like that game. Um, Based on, you know, me playing all the snapshots and the playlists and the snapshot playlists and getting all the milestones, I I enjoy most of the games, more so the NES games than the Spectrum games. But for me, Diggity Rock was was a low point. It's just, you know, the jump in and... It's just not that fun for me. The inventory management is a bit clunky. Anyway, because it's a NES game, you know, give it a pass. Rewind and, you know, carry on. Use a guide. That's what I did to get all the uh, milestones. Um, Snake Rattle and Roll, I imagine at the time, was a very, very good game to play. I couldn't really get on with the, the platforming in isometric mode because it's like a Sonic Blast, you know, Marble Madness kind of looking game. Um, Cobra Triangle is another isometric game, but that is one that it plays really well. Uh, you know, you're a boat on the sea, on some rivers, on some lakes, and you have to shoot stuff, and it's good, really good fun. It's probably the standout other than Battletoads. RC Prime's good. It's kind of a proto rock and roll racing. Again, isometric, cruising around tracks, uh, you know, picking up kind of um, money and stuff to upgrade your car. It was good. Another good, yeah. Uh, so Solar Jetman's got some weird physics, uh, you know, a sequel to Lunar Jetman. But yeah, Battletoads is the standout here, and I don't think I played it back when I was a kid because I had turtles in my NES, not a, um, not not the fake spin-offs. But you know that was kind of the joke, wasn't it? They were making their own turtles, and fair play, you know they kind of they've stuck around because they're in the um, the trailer for Ready Player One. So yeah, they're, they're quite famous now. Maybe they couldn't get turtles, and so you know it's like when you're a kid and you can't get Walkers, so you get get Smiths. I mean nowadays they're one and the same, but. You know, you have to make do, and Battletoads was probably someone making do and they couldn't get turtles for Christmas. Could have done a lot worse. Like Home Alone. Uh, yeah, so the order of the tracks in the NES section are Slalom, RC Pro-Am, Cobra Triangle, Snake Rattle and Roll, Solar Jetman, Diggity Rock, Battletoads, and RC Pro-Am 2.
the Super NES, the SNES, the SNES era of Rare was probably their their biggest, you know, leap from who they were versus who they became because of the Silicon Graphics kind of, you know, Donkey Kong in 3D but not 3D revolution, evolution. What's the difference? I don't know. You can't deny the fact that Donkey Kong Country is a cracking game and I uh, played it recently and, um, you know, it's... It, it's it's better than some platform games on the SNES. It's not as good as others, but it definitely sits there as an enjoyable game. Um, alongside the sequel, which I did test on the GBA, the slightly washed out GBA port, which I enjoyed very much. And, um, you know, I'm credited in-game alongside Shigeru Miyamoto, which is a bit of a trouser tent moment. Uh, yeah, and, you know, they made, they made other games with similar graphics on the SNES, but the, the, the output wasn't, I say similar games, they made one. They didn't really, really have much of an output. I mean, Project Dream was a SNES game originally, which turned into Banjo-Kazooie. You know, they had Donkey Kong Country and Donkey Kong Country 2 and Killer Instinct. What next? What became of the uh, studio and the, the SNES days? Like, where's Battletoads 2? Where's the output? Was the SNES not around that long? I don't know. Anyway, they, they, they made some bangers. I'm not a big fan of Killer Instinct um, because it's a fighting game. And it requires, well, it's a game that, you know, you can look cool without it being, you know, that dexterous on your fingers. But even then, I can't do combo breakers. I can't do combos. I can I can barely kick. But I can platform, and I enjoy Donkey Kong Country 2 and its predecessor very, very much. So the running order for the, the SNES era of games, which I've linked into the N64 era, but I need to do another link for that. Go something like this. Donkey Kong Country. Donkey Kong Country 2, Diddy's Conquest. Do you get it? It's a pun. Diddy's Conquest. A pirate-themed game with monkeys in. I mean, Sea of Thieves is just the most obvious game ever, isn't it? Killer Instinct. And then it goes into Killer Instinct Gold, but that's on the N64, we'll talk about that in a minute. Bye. Oh, hang on. Wait a minute. Stop the record, stop the record. I forgot Donkey Kong Country 3. I mean, a lot of people have, but sorry about that.
like that. Now we're talking the N64 era. Mm-mm-mm. Welcome to Pocket Money'sville, where I saved for weeks and months to buy one single game, and I made sure if I had the money, well, it was Mystical Ninja, obviously, but also Ocarina of Time, but also games that had the golden R on it. You know, like people look at Rockstar games now and go, oh, it's got the R on it, oh my god, it's got the R, it's a blue R, it's a yellow R, oh my god, what's going on? The rare logo for me was that in the N64 days, it had the golden emblem on it, I knew it was going to be something of quality, but I only really found that out after Goldeneye. Uh, so the running order tracks for the N64 era um, go something like this, Killer Instinct Gold, Blast Core, Goldeneye, the intro, Goldeneye, Seven Air Bunker, um, Diddy Kong Racing, Banjo-Kazooie, Jet Force Gemini, Donkey Kong 64, Perfect Dark, Banjo-Tooie and Conker's Bad Fantasy. <sighs> now that is some output. Look at that, that is on fire. You could tell the Donkey Kong Country money came rolling in at that point. So yeah, I'm not going to talk to you about my history and all these games because we've done podcasts on them. Um, but you know, it's safe to say that I love pretty much all of them apart from... I don't love Tui. I've got some affection for it, but it's an alright game. I don't love Donkey Kong 64 because it's just massive to its detriment. You know, but Blast Core, I bought it not knowing what it was other than you could blow stuff up in a vehicle and it looks like micro machines. Bought it. Check out the podcast. I don't know what number it is. Just search for it on the site. Uh, we um, Goldeneye. Oh, now we're talking. Goldeneye. Again, you can you can check out the podcast. I've got a lot more emotions about that game. It, I, I think it caught me at the right time because I was a troublemaker as a kid and I do believe sincerely that the game changed my life for the better. Um, kept me on the straight and narrow, so to speak, because I was a little bit of a troublemaker. I was easily influenced as a kid. You know, anything that's fun. Sometimes it wasn't fun, but the other kid thought it was. And I was like, okay, yeah, that's, that's fun. Oh, look, golden. What's this? Okay, bye. And locked the door and shut myself away. And met my, um, who was now my best man at my wedding, Mr. William Mann, my life advice man who moved to Sweden. Uh, yeah, I met him via, or oh, through Goldeneye. I remember clearly as day he was playing Train. And I asked him what game it was. And he scowled at me like the Scotsman he is. But he's a good man. He's, he's the best man. Uh, Diddy Kong Racing, an absolute bangor of a game. It holds up well now, and even the multiplayer kind of has its own element. Now Banjo-Kazooie, arguably as influential on me as Goldeneye. Um, completed the game more than 25 times. Yeah, if you check me out on the Xbox Live Arcade leaderboards, I should be up there with, you know, not the best, but definitely my 100% clearance time is pretty good. Um, you know, Jet Force Gemini, I'm kind of a bit... Well, when it was out on the N64, kind of a bit like, oh, this isn't this isn't as good as Banjo Kazooie. What are they doing? But then, having played it on Rare Replay, I enjoyed it a lot more, and it still looks great. Like when the N64 was used to its full capacity, like and the developers really knew what the hardware was doing, like with 1080 snowboarding. I also think Jet Force Gemini was another one of those games where they knew exactly how to use the N64 to its benefit, and it shows. Tribal Bears, idiots. Donkey Kong 64, hmm, it's. You know, too many collectibles ruin the soup. Perfect Dark, an absolute cracking spiritual sequel to Goldeneye. You know, um, at the time I wasn't as impressed, but over, you know, over time, 
it's just only I've only grew, you know grown my affection for it. And uh, yeah, I remember completing it on Perfect Agent on the N64. Not that I'm showing off, but I remember specifically before college, I think it was, or maybe just before school, doing the Carrington Carrington Institute infiltration. You know, we have to rescue the hostages and do combat boost. And you do the RCP on 20 cloak past all the, the aliens and Mr. Blunt. Defusing the bomb that's landed on the ship. Something like that. And the cutscene kicking off. I remember just leaping off my bed. Just absolute joy. Because I knew that I completed that game on Perfect Agent. And that is, for me, is as hard as Double O Agent Aztec. Uh, Bando 2 Again. Just too much. Just scale it back a bit, guys. You know, just rein it in. Just because you've got all this money doesn't mean you have to plough it into kind of what feels like barren areas at time but you know you had the stop and swap going for it and at that time i was absolutely ravenous to find out what it was lo and behold it was nothing it, you know there was stuff there and you know the the ice the what's his sub dragon ice mario from the rare witch project you know we were all chatting on irc at the time and i'm you know i, I know for a fact that some of the rare developers came in at that time and wound us up a bit but you know, fair play. We were there for the taking. And Conquers by Third Day, one of a kind. <laughs> Absolute cracking. Yeah, it's just, It doesn't play that well nowadays. Uh, you know, the platforming's a bit off. But there's no game like it. I, I could only maybe point to a, a hat in time as something that comes close in terms of comedy, cutscenes and all that jazz. Uh, but yeah, it's got a song that has um about poo and it swears. N64 Darren N64 era Darren fighting a giant poo that swears at you I mean gold absolute gold
okay. Right then, we're moving on past the arguably the golden era for Rare, and we're moving into different adventures, <laughs> Star Fox adventures, 
formerly known as Dinosaur Planet. Yeah, so Star Fox Adventures, we did a podcast on it. Well, it's kind of within the Star Fox series of podcasts that we did. Well, it was one podcast that covered the whole Star Fox. We did, we talked, we spoke about it. It's okay. It, you know, uh, grab by the ghoulies. This is the track order, by the way, for the Xbox era going forward. Uh, they also made a lot of games for the GBA. They had a, a, a contract agreement to carry on making games for the Nintendo platform, the Game Boy Advanced, which I tested um, Sable Wolf, Donkey Kong Country 2, uh, Cameo Elements of Power, Perfect Duck Zero, Viva Piñata and Trouble in Paradise. Mixed them together because they, they sound lovely, but they're, they're together because they sound similar. Banjo-Kazooie Nuts and Bolts. And then I've gone into like a little Sea of Thieves kind of tangent at the end i hope you like it so yeah um grabbed by the ghoulies i said earlier i tested it my first testing gig i, I do think that game's good um maybe not the if you go back to when it came out and they announced that game it's not what people were expecting after all those golden n64 games you know but it's good it's a good game you should play it on rare replay see my name in the credits please Stroke my ego, and you know uh, uh, the the best game I've, I've tested is um, Saber Wolf on the Game Boy Advance, a platform puzzle game where you manipulate animals to create ways of um, stealing treasure from the Saber Wolf, and then you know you you bounce on a bear's belly and run along a snake's back and all these crazy things to get out and back to the beginning of the level. Very very good. A cameo, Ooh. it's okay. They, they named a gate after me because I come up with an idea to um, make a giant gate instead of a exploding wall. And it's called the Great Gargate or something like that, which is quite nice. That's in the first level. And Thorn's Castle, is it? Um, yeah. Perfect Dark Zero. Oh, I'm struggling. I mean, I'm, I'm getting on with that game more than I ever have. I've competed on Secret Agent or Special Agent. Trying on Perfect and it's just not going well. The game's just not very good, sadly. Um, but moving on to Vivi Piñata and Trouble in Paradise. Ooh, probably my favourite of the 360 output is, you know, garden management, god sim kind of thing. Uh, utterly joyful and exactly what you expected from the company. Uh, Banjo-Kazooie Nuts and Bolts oh, infuriated me when I first saw it because we were all waiting for Banjo Free. But uh, once you start playing it, you realise actually this game's really ahead of its curve ahead of its time and it's an absolute cracker and uh, you can't fault nuts and bolts to be honest i think it's an absolute piece of genius that that game now you know with this current trend of you know trusting the player and stuff like it would have absolutely killed it yeah so in nuts and bolts it's not a platform game like the original banjo kazooie games but it's, it's a kind of a build your own car game and you have to solve puzzles based on that you know arguably it doesn't really fit Banjo-Kazooie, but then, you know, where else would they stick it? I mean, maybe they'd call it RC Pro-Am or something, but, you know, I don't know. It's a it's a great game regardless. And you should definitely check it out if you've got Rare Replay. And then it's gone on to, um, yeah, we've moved on to Sea of Thieves, which is kind of, I don't really know the names for these tracks, but it's kind of like a little mix going on at the end. Played the Alpha and the Beta, you know, hour here and there. And I've really enjoyed it. You know, a lot of... um. A lot of concern for where that game, how that game is going to flourish on full release. Um, but hopefully it does. Hopefully it turns out to be the game that I want it to be. But, you know, I've got so much hoping 
and enjoying that game forever, basically. Because it's just a lot of fun from what I've played. It just needs a little bit more. And hopefully based on Rare's previous history of, you know, making games an absolute, you know, polished piece of perfection, in my opinion, you know, in some cases, that, you know, they can crank out an amazing game. And um, Sea of Thieves seems to be like the game that Greg Mayles was always wanting to make. It's pirates. It's, you know, what more could you ask for? A Rare game all about pirates. They've got to get this right. Oh, we'll know by the time this comes out. I can't wait, but I have to. Because, you know, I haven't got a time machine. So, you know, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the tracks and me bimbling, bumbling, bambling, bumbling through you with me and the histories. Uh, My brain is starting to fall apart. And I've, um, yeah, I'm going to go away now and play not some rare games. I'm probably going to play Shadow of the Colossus or something. But, you know, cool. Thanks for listening. Uh, if you've got any thoughts, opinions, if you want to play Sea of Thieves with me, actually, I will be opening lobbies or whatever, ships, sloops, for, you know, community members to come and join me on the seas, because I don't want to play alone. If I have to, I will, because I'm a pirate ninja. But if you want a pirate ninja on your team, come uh, to the forum and add Desmond to your Xbox Live friends list, and I'll get you in. I'll, I'll put a thing out on Twitter and on the forum saying, I'm playing at 8 o'clock on Saturday night, Join me and, you know, we'll set sail and we'll have fun. And, uh, yeah, I hope to see you there. Bye.
Thank you, Darren. That's a lovely medley with interjections, of course, some reminiscences of uh, both playing the games of Rare and also working inside the mysterious studios of Rare. And uh, what I wanted to come back just to pop back and say was that uh, Darren has impressed everybody uh, in the last uh, couple of weeks. He went back to his Rare Replay compilation. He was doing it at the time, I think, that he recorded uh, his show there in the middle. And he has very recently, as of a couple of days ago now, at the time of recording, achieved ultimate fan status on Rare Replay. Now, that is not an achievement to be sniffed at. 330 in-game stamps out of 330. Try doing it yourself. And then you'll see just what a mighty, mighty gaming achievement that was. If you're a member of True Achievements, you can go over there and see just how, uh, just how rare and um, how what a high tariff a lot of those achievements uh, that are related to those stamps uh, are worth. Um, it's not it's not the same as achievements overall, but uh, but he's had to he's had to jump through some serious hoops to get there. But he is, and rightly so a rare ultimate fan so congratulations darren thank you for recording this sound of play and we'll be back with more sound of play in another week <laughs> 